0: healing God's people with your host, Dennis What What is the time? What time are we living in? There's the time for everything under the sun. Time to be born, a time to die, time to plant, time to reap. All this is the time for every season under the sun. In Ecclesiastes 3, it states there that if God has put the spirit of the world in their heart, that they would not know the work of God from the beginning to the end. Now, the work of God is a strange work and bring the passage act a strange act. Only the ones that, that are diligently seeking the Lord God in the last days will know it. They will be the ones that have vessels unto honor, meet for the master's use in the work of the ministry. Those are the ones that will preach the everlasting gospel to all the world for a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. We're in that season now. And it is a strange work. Now, Issachar, that tribe, had the understanding of the times. It's given to us, the body of Christ, to know the times and the seasons, but not the day nor the hour of the coming of the Lord. And it is given to us to know the times of the seasons of the Moed or the feast of the Lord. These are the seasons of God. The Moed are the divine appointments of God with man. And we have three basic seasons there. We have uh, that first season of Passover. Then the second season of Pentecost, the Feast of Weeks. Then the last season of Sukkoth, Tabernacles. And Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That Passover, unleavened bread and first fruits, Jesus being that Passover lamb. 2,000 years ago, we have that recorded as the lion, man, ox, and eagle. In Matthew, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Mark, he's the perfect man. Luke, he is that suffering servant, the ox. And in John, he is that eagle. Then, from the death, burial, and resurrection, from the time of first fruits, you number seven weeks, or seven sevens, and on the morrow. Well, seven times seven is 49, and on the Mars, 50 or Pentecost, 50 days from first fruits. Jesus, seen alive after his passion by many, as 500 at one time, there for 40 days. As he was about to ascend to heaven, there they asked Jesus, Will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Is it this season for this? And Jesus said, it is not for you to know the times and seasons that God hath put in his own power, but you shall receive power after that. The Holy ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. They went into the upper room waiting for the promise of the father, which Jesus said, you've heard of me 120 in the upper room, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, according to the flesh. And suddenly there came a sound as of a rushing mighty wind. There's a suddenly there. It's a profound, radical change. It is Pentecost, a former reign in Acts, the second chapter. Now, in that season of Passover, we find Moses' tabernacle dedicated in Passover. But then a long time elapsed from six months going into that seventh month and Ethneim Tishri, the seventh month. And in the seventh month, even though the Solomon's temple was finished in bull, it was dedicated in the seventh month. And that is the shadow of things to come for us to know the times and the seasons. And right now, we are in the season of Sukkot, not Pentecost. Many call themselves Pentecostal. And that is, they've had the Pentecostal experience being baptized in the Holy Ghost. And that with fire. But now, we're in not only the corn harvest of, of wheat and barley, but we're coming into the fruit harvest, the fullness of all the Feast of and gathering, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Sukkot. And that's where you would, uh, during that season, you would take your palm trees and go out to your housetops and build booths, Sukkot, to commemorate coming out of Egypt and all the works of God that he had done for his glory. And Jesus stated that in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. If you be on the housetop, don't come down to take anything out of your house. Now, he didn't mean that you're going to pe- forgot a loaf of bread and come down out of your house. It's a season. It's a season of Sukkot, booths, tabernacles. And that's the reason why Peter on the Mount of Transfiguration said, Lord, it's good for us to be here, Peter, James, and John. And they had seen Jesus along with Moses and Elijah. Peter stated, it's good for us to be here. Let us build here three booths, three sukkahs, three tabernacles. One for you, Jesus. One for Moses. One for Elijah. But he was not what he said. After they saw Jesus only, that it's only Christ working through Moses, not Moses, but Christ through Moses that did the judgment miracles upon Egypt in the exodus of Israel from Egypt. It was not the uh, Elijah prophet that did those kingdom miracles. It was Christ through Elijah. That's the reason they saw Jesus only. Coming down from the mount, they asked Jesus, why do the disciples of John, the Baptists say that Elijah must first come. Why do they say that? Jesus said Elijah truly must first come and restore all things. That is the second advent before Jesus comes back the second time without sin unto salvation for his people for his saints. We see that in Acts 3 20 and 21. For the heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restitution or restoration of all things. All things is the things of faith. Faith is. Now, faith is. It's not yesterday's faith or tomorrow's faith. It's now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The things which are seen are temporal, the things which are not seen are eternal. We which are spiritual set our affections on the things above, not on the things beneath. And God's doing it now. We're made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, 20 and 4 seats in heaven for the 4 and 20 elders, the priesthood. And we are that royal priesthood. Now, what is the season we're in now? We've passed Pentecost. We're in the third day now. We're in the time of the raising up where we will live in the Lord's sight. Is there anything that we can do? It's not of him that willeth or him that runneth, but God that showeth mercy. In other words, a man can think that he is the key to bringing back the Lord. And many in the last days will think that. The pride goes before fall a haughty look before destruction, calling the people unto themselves, saying that they will have and hasten the return of of Jesus. But that just is not so. There's a time and a season for everything under the sun. When we see in Ecclesiastes that there is a time and a season for everything under the sun, and in that book of Ecclesiastes, in that third chapter, reading from there, we see that verse 11, chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. We're timing now. We're looking at the seasons of God. Also, he has set the world in their heart. Now, that is according to the foreknowledge of God. Man has free will and volition, but whom he did foreknow, then he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That's the foreknowledge of God. And because he's God, he knows beforehand those who will and those who will not obey his word. And due to that, he hardens the heart accordingly, knowing and trying the reins of the heart because they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. The Lord himself turned them over to a reprobate mind, doing that which is unseemly, whose damnation is just. Now, everyone believes that everybody is going to heaven that if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, not obedience, just simply with an intellectual belief, you're going to heaven. And that is one of the greatest lies perpetrated by Satan himself. We have to obey obedience uh, unto righteousness, unto holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. It's given to us now as servants to the Lord God to obey him. Now we're servants to the Lord. Where we were, In times past, servants to sin. Now we are servants to the Lord Jesus Christ. So whosoever we now yield our members as servants to obey, him are the servants to whom we obey. Whether of sin unto death, even though we have Christ in us, if we do not obey, it's still sin unto death. It's called carnal-mindedness. To be carnally-minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And that is obedience under righteousness. Romans 6 requires uh, that we go on to not only righteousness, but holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Issachar had the understanding of the times and uh, therefore were leading the people in those seasons having the understanding of the times. And now the Lord will do nothing save he show it unto his servants, the prophets. There are two offices in Ephesians 3 that Paul says in this mystery of Christ that is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets. That's how those two offices God uses to spearhead the preceding word of God through the body of Christ apostles and prophets so he said first in the church apostles secondarily prophets these two offices spearhead and they are the ones that have the understanding of the times in the depth of the word of god and sufferings in their body which is for the body of christ's glory you heard that right paul said uh, we are troubled on every side, but not in distress. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're cast down, but we're not destroyed. And he goes on and said that we are always delivered unto death, that the life of the Lord Jesus may be made manifest in our mortal body. For we which live, the body of Christ, are always delivered unto death, that the life of the Lord Jesus may be made manifest. And our mortal bodies. And this a light affliction, which is only but for a moment, worketh for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. They had the understanding of the times. It is noteworthy that Solomon goes on in the and says, And moreover, verse 16, chapter three, and moreover, I saw under the sun the place of judgment. Now, all God's ways are perfect. All God's ways are perfect, Our judgment. That wickedness was there. And the place of righteousness, that iniquity was there. Now, what's going to purge out the iniquity? Well, the captain of our salvation was made perfect through sufferings. And we're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him. But we see... That Babylon, mystery of Babylon, the great the mother of hearts, the abomination of the earth, says, I said a queen, I am no widow, and I will see no sorrow, no birth pains, no sufferings, no tribulation, no persecution. I said a queen, I married to Jesus. And because she says that no evil shall prevent, no tribulation or trouble, persecution shall prevent her, nor overtake her. God said there in Amos 9, verse 9, there's a sifting going on among the nations. It's separating the righteous from the wicked, the holy from the profane, those that serve God versus those that do not serve God. And he goes on and says, not the least grain will fall to the ground. He will lose none that trust in him in obedience, unto righteousness, unto holiness. Finishing the race, not starting it, but finishing it. He goes on and states in Amos 9.10, But I will destroy all the sinners of my people by the sword, which say no evil shall prevent nor overtake us. No persecution, no great tribulation will come upon us. We will have no birth pains that Jesus stated we would. In Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, He said there's going to be kingdom against kingdom, nation against nation, earthquakes in diverse places, famine, pestilences. All these are the beginning of sorrows, birth pains. But Mr. Babylon says, no, we're not going to have it. We're not going to have any of that. We'll be pre-tribulation raptured out of this. And God's not going to beat his wife. He's not going to beat his bride. Not realizing that in the place of judgment, There is in the righteousness, there was iniquity there. And there we find that he goes on and says in Ecclesiastes that I said in mine heart, Solomon said, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. Why? Because in the place of judgment, even with the righteous, that wickedness is there. And even with the wicked, there was righteousness there. It just wasn't coming unto perfection. Well, 11, 11th the whole lot. So God does a work in judgment, not to destroy mankind, but to save mankind through judgment. For when judgment's in the world, in the earth, men will learn righteousness, the true Jesus, the real Jesus, the true gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. Why? For there is a time there for every purpose and for every work. Now, what is that work? Well, it's a strange work. Bringing to pass his work is strange work, his act is strange act. What is it that the hypocrite will not know anything about it? He goes to church, he's never heard it. They've never gnawed the bone till the morrow. Not marrow, but morrow. Sufficient till the morrow is the evil thereof. But the prophets are like their treacherous, for they have not gnawed the bone till the morrow. That is the time and the work for that season of God in judgment. And we find, Jeremiah states, the crane and swallow observe the time of their coming. The stork knows her appointed time, but my people know not the judgment of the Lord. There's a place of judgment. And where there's wicked, righteous, there was righteousness there, and where the, the righteous, there was iniquity there. Though there has to be judgment that will purge out all the dross through the refining fire of Jesus Christ himself, the Holy Ghost. In Isaiah 28, it talks about the pride and the mighty and the strong one that God will bring down. This is judgment. This is, as we've seen in First Peter 4, verse 1, that for as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, God manifest in the flesh, making the captain of our salvation, perfect through suffering. You see, our Lord Jesus Christ did not take on flesh of Adam before the fall. He came in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin to condemn sin in the flesh. And he made the captain of our salvation, our Lord, was made perfect through the things which he suffered. And Peter tells us in 1 Peter 4, verse 1, he suffered for us in the flesh. Be ye therefore likewise minded. That's the mind of Christ. The mind of Mystery Babylon, the false church, says there's peace. She's a daughter of Ephbaal. Jezebel is a daughter of Ethbaal Baal saying peace when there is no peace. And behold, the sword... Reaches unto the soul. Jesus stated the same. You think that I come to send peace on the earth, but rather a sword. To set that a man at variance. The father against his son, mother against her daughter, the mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law. A sword. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. And we see that in John 16. Jesus said, I have forewarned you that you should not be offended. For the time cometh, they're going to put you out of the, out of the synagogue. They're going to put you out of the churches. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever kills you will think that he did God a service. Calling good evil and evil good. These things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. They don't even know that Jesus, the Son of God, is the Father revealed. And that's not full grown. That's little children. I write to you, little children, because you've known the Father. Jesus said, if you don't know me, you don't know the Father. And except you believe that I am He, the Father, you shall die in your sins. John eight twenty-four. This they understood not. He spake to them of the Father. That means they will not grow up and bring forth fruits unto perfection. But the ones that are diligently seeking the Lord their God, understanding the times and the seasons given to us through the leading of the Holy Ghost, it's a time of judgment. That has to be for the salvation of the saints of God, that for as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, be therefore likewise minded. But why? Why? because he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. We see in that work in Isaiah 28, it is a strange work. And he talks about, in that day shall the Lord of hosts be for a crown of glory and for a diadem of beauty unto the residue of his people, the remnant. Not all the people, because all the people won't finish this race. They started it. They started out as newborn babies. Born of the water and the spirit, according to Acts two thirty-eight, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Born of the water, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Born of the spirit, promising you, your children, many as far off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. But we don't stop. We don't stop there. We don't stay there. Then we grow up, and uh, as we desire, then sincere, milk of the word to grow thereby. We go to little children, with babies to little children. That's the next next natural step. We don't know how, but it's through the work of the Lord. He that, she that has a child, the bones grow within her, she said. Jesus said, and she doesn't know how it happens, but it does. She can feel it. And so the wind bloweth whithersoever it listeth. And we hear the sound of it, but we know not whither it goes. So is everyone born of the Spirit. In other words, God has his way done in the wind and in the whirlwind and in us. He begun a good work in us. He did it. And he will perform it. All we have to do is obey. Simply through obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness, and he will do the work christ through us we stand in the power of his might not our own and that is uh, that mystery of godliness christ in you the hope of glory he's the one doing it paul stated i was crucified with christ nevertheless i live yet not not i but christ liveth in me and the life i now live i live by the faith of the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me. It's Christ in us. Well, in that day, the Lord of hosts shall be for a crown of glory and for a diadem of beauty unto the residue of his people. Only the remnant are coming on into the measure of the statue of Jesus. Many will quit along the way because persecution and tribulation will arise for the word Satan by and by they are offended and bring forth no fruits unto perfection. Or the cares of this world and deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But some will bring forth thirty sixty and a fold, unto perfection, unto the measure of the stature of the of Christ, and finish the race. Don't you know that all run in a race, but only one wineth the prize? We must be gathered together in one, not a denomination. God has called his body into one. He'll break down the denominational barrier. And the body of Christ will be fitly framed together and compacted together through the measure of every part, and whichever joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love. The Lord will do it, not us, Him, through our obedience and his leading and his guiding. And he says, For a spirit of judgment to him that sets in judgment. And for strength to them that turned the battle to the gate. But they have erred. We've missed the mark. He's talking about this last day work of the ministry. This Jesus ministry. But they have erred through wine. And through strong drink are out of the way. They're out of the way truth and the life. We are to return to the Lord. The true Jesus. Not a trinity, not a binary or tunist doctrine, not a oneness doctrine. For the man's not God, but has God in him and he's standing or sitting at the right hand of God. No, a true Jesus-only doctrine of Christ. The priest and the prophet have erred through strong drink. They are swallowed up of wine. They are out of the way through strong drink. Somebody said, well, what wine? The wine of the wrath of mystery Babylon. Seducing spirits. Doctrines of devil. Saying peace when there is no peace. Cleaving to them with flatteries. The easy way. You don't need a cross. You don't have to crucify the flesh with the affections of the lust. Just follow the Lord and get pre-tribulation raptured out and you won't have to suffer. Because mystery Babylon, the false church says, I said a queen. I am no widow, and I will see no sorrow, no birth thing, no birth pains, no tribulation, no persecution. Thank you very much. Here they err in vision because they believe these cunningly devised fables, these seducing spirits of Babylon, the easy believism that is so you just believe on the Lord Jesus, you're saved. No obedience, no works that accompany salvation. You're saved. Your only way to heaven. Forget it. You got that. Check it off, and you're saved. That is a lie. They err in vision, they stumble in judgment. They don't know the judgment of God. That judgment must first begin at the house of God. And that is sealed up among God's treasures. Deuteronomy 32. For the Lord will judge his people. Just as Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 3. For the Lord will judge the righteous and the wicked. But judgment begins first at the house of God. Peter stated it and the righteous scarcely be saved. Then where shall the end of the wicked and the ungodly appear? Where will that sinner appear? If it first begins at us, the house of God, the church. He goes on and says, for all tables are full of vomit. We think we're eating the good word of God, the power of the word to come. But at this last day, work of the ministry, this strange work, The tables are full of vomit. That's the table is the ministry lifting up the word of God and filthiness so that there's no place clean. Oh, who shall he teach knowledge and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk. You can't stay a baby. The newborn babes desire then sincere milk of the word, they may grow thereby. They're born again. But they have to be weaned from the milk. They have to grow up into Jesus in all things, growing up in Him in all truth, so that they are not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. This is the season we're in. And he's stating there, Isaiah, just as Jesus said shall he find faith. When the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. But we must come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ for the work of the ministry. He's given us a fivefold for the perfecting of the saints. Very few even understand judgment. Judgment is to not to destroy the church, but to reveal the true Jesus, the true Christ, the true God and eternal life. Not to destroy us, but to save us. And judgment must be there. And this is sealed up among God's treasures to be revealed in the last days, Jude 9, 32, for the Lord will judge his people and repent himself of the evil, the trouble, the tribulation. When he sees their power's gone we've come to the end of our labors we've come to the end of our own flesh our fleshly desires and there's none shut up or left in other words we are ceased from our own labors to enter into the rest of god in hebrews 4 they remaineth a rest to the people of god if jesus had given them rest he would not have spoken of another day. And there remaineth a rest to the people of God that Paul states that take heed to yourself, lest a promise slip any of you, that you should seem to come short of entering to his rest. Somebody said, That's nonsense. We've said the sinner's prayer. <laughs> We've uh, asked Jesus coming into our heart. Friend, that's not even born of the water and the spirit, let alone weaned from the milk. We find in Hebrews 5 that these little children, these babies are unskillful in the word of righteousness. The children of the kingdom will be cast out. He wants us and expects us to grow up into him unto perfection. Just as Jesus stated in the Constitution to the kingdom of heaven, what it takes in the bylaws to enter the kingdom of heaven in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Be you therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Matthew 5. And you go to Matthew 7. Not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in because you did not do the will of God. Now, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's a solemn day. It'll be the case of a mistaken identity. They say, Lord, we've done many wonderful works in your name, prophesied in your name, cast out devils in your name. Jesus didn't say you didn't, but you just didn't do the will of God. You had the Holy Ghost. You did not do the will of God. It's iniquity, it's lawlessness. I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity, for you did not do the will of God. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Our job as ministers is to proclaim this truth, lift up, spare or not, show thy people, God's people, their sin. Well, somebody said sin, haven't killed anybody. Well, him that knoweth that do good and doeth and not to him, it's sin. And that is, are we doing the will of God? Whatever the specific will of God is for your life has to be done for the body to come together and fitly framed together to the measure of every part. And that's what he's calling out now. It will not be through denominations. It will be through the voice of God and the work of the ministry, through the leading of the Holy Ghost alone, not through any man, not through any denomination, say they're going to be the ones that bring Jesus back. That's ludicrous. He goes on and says, at this time, whom shall he teach knowledge? Who shall he make to understand doctrine? them that are winged from the milk and drawn from the breast. In other words, you have to grow up at full age. Then you go from babies to young children, little children to young men. The word of God is strong in the young men and they've overcome the wicked one. That's Revelation, the second and third chapter. Then grow up there to fathers. I've written unto you fathers because you've known him that's from the beginning. Those are the ones sealed in the apocalyptic sealing in Revelation 7. And only those that come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ into a perfect man. Precept must be a upon precept. Precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. Here a little, there a little. And he goes on and says, with similar lips and other tongues, will he speak to this people? To whom he said, This is the rest wherewith you may cause the worry to rest. And this is refreshing, yet they would not hear. There is an eternal rest to the people of God in Hebrews 4. He goes on in Hebrews 6 and says, Therefore, leaving the first principles of the doctrine of Christ. Didn't say forget them. Not to disobey them. He said leaving them. Don't focus on that forever. That's what little children do. Little babies do therefore leaving the first principles of the doctrine of Christ. In other words, you're still on a pacifier sucking a milk bottle. And if you stay there forever, you get rickets. Let us go on to perfection. Hebrews 6, 1. Not laying again, doing it over and over, not laying again, the foundation of faith toward God repentance from dead works, the doctrines of baptisms and of laying on of the hands and of the resurrection, eternal judgment. This will we do, if God permit. Those are basics. But we, to grow up into him, have to get into the meat of the word and the work of the ministry. And our faith, as we have knowledge in God, then that faith and that knowledge that we have in Revelation, to get the understanding, then he tries it by fire that it may come forth as pure gold. Though your faith be tried as by fire, that it may come forth as pure gold. Thing it is righteous, thing with God to render the tribulation to them that and to you. And uh, that requires us going through the fire. The fire of the Holy Ghost, refining fire to purge out the dross. Think it not strange that by trial wishes to try us as though some strange thing happened to us, but rejoice in as much as we are partakers of Christ's sufferings. Somebody said, well, he did it. I don't have to. Yes, we do. He paid the price. We do not die for the sin of the world. Jesus did. How be it? He said, if any man come after me, let him first deny himself, your self-will, you can't have that anymore. Go pick up your cross and follow me. Find out why you're called and what God has called you for and for what purpose for the will of God. So you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it's God that worketh in you both the will and the do of his good pleasure, not ours. And that requires us to do his will. But the word of the Lord was unto them, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little, that they might go and fall backward, backslide, and be broken and snared and taken, losing your salvation, falling of grace. You have to have a pure heart toward God. Wherefore, hear you the word of the Lord, you scornful men, and you that rule his people, this people which is in Jerusalem, because you have said we have made a covenant with death and with hell are we at agreement. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, the overflowing scourge, the des- desolations determined shall be poured out upon the desolate. Desolations are determined. What is the old Isaiah? And six with the seraphim, two, that covered, two wings that cover the eyes, two wings that cover the feet, and two they did fly. He saw visions of God in the, in the year King Uzziah died. He saw the Lord high and lifted up. His train filled the temple with the temple of God. And those seraphim took a coal from off the altar. Those six wings are Elohim status for the body of Christ. Come to the measure of the statue of Jesus and uh, took the, coal off, the altar and coal off that altar, the altar of burnt offering and applied it to Isaiah's lips. And he said, I'm a man of unclean lips and of undone. But when the fire, the cold fire, the judgment of God, touched Isaiah's lips, then the Lord said, who will go for us? Who will go for the kingdom? Isaiah said, Lord, I'll go send me until there be a city without an inhabitant and the land be utterly desolate because the end of the war desolations are determined. There we have the everlasting gospel being preached in all the world for witnessing all nations and then the end will come. This is what's happening now. This is the last day work of the ministry. And very few are even cognitive of it. And it says, we are not going to have any flow overflowing scourge. There's not going to be any judgment of God. That must be must first begin at the church, the house of God. And I'm not church, talking about a local church. I'm talking about the body of Christ. When that overflowing scourge shall pass through, it shall not come unto us is what Babylon says that's not going to happen to us. We're not appointed to judgment. Yes, we are. We're not appointed to wrath, but we are appointed to that judgment. And it will be, first begin at the house of God. To those that have an ear to hear. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation stone, a trite stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. That's Christ. Then we must know the height, depth, length, and width of Christ. Unto Fullness of the measure unto a perfect man. Judgment, watch what he's doing in the last days. Judgment also will I lay to the line and righteousness to the plummet. The judgment to the line and righteousness to the plummet is the height, depth, length, and width of Christ in and through the body of Christ. And what will happen? Hail, fire, and brimstone? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, we are preaching that. Hail shall sweep away, that's a besom of destruction. A broom shall sweep away the refuge of lies. All denominational lies, all hypocrisy, all various religions of the world will be swept away. Now, that's a hard, that's a hard saying. They may think, well, I thought everybody's going to heaven, just believe in some God. And you're going, no, there's only one way, one truth, one life. And it's a straight gate, straight as a way, narrow the gate that leads to life, few there be that find it. And this is the work of the ministry in judgment that God takes a bison, a my broom of destruction and sweeps away the refuge of lies. Not only the lies, but the refuge of it. Everything of it, the seed bed of it. And he says, and your covenant with death shall be and all. Somebody said, I haven't made a covenant with death. If it's not in life and truth, it'll bring forth death. You're either in and gather with Jesus or you scatter. You're either far against. And he said, when the overflowing scourge, shall pass through because you didn't believe, you shall be trodden down by it. You find that the body of Christ in Revelation 11, verse 1, is exactly what Isaiah is saying here. John said, There was a reed like unto a rod given to me, saying, Rise, measure the temple of God, the altar, and them that worship therein. That's the church. That's not national Israel. But the court which is without, which is without, leave out and measure it not. And it's given to the Gentiles. And the holy city shall be trodden down underfoot for 42 months. And he'll give power unto his two witnesses. That is not national Israel. That's the church of the living God called by his name. Those are the olive trees, the cherubim of glory, that you read about in Revelation 4 and 5, which are the redeemed of the Lord, the church of the living God, the servants of God that are sealed in their foreheads in Revelation seven, the church of the living God, not national Israel. Those have disannulled this work of the ministry and they will reap the reward. It's coming and it's true and it will happen. That that is determined, shall be done. For the time that it goeth forth, it shall take you, because you didn't believe it. For morning by morning shall it pass, by day and by night, and it shall be a vexation only to understand the report. This is a time of a radical change from Pentecost to the season of tabernacles, the Feast of Trumpets, the ministry voice of Jesus Christ. And we find... The bed is shorter than a man can stretch himself on it. Well, the bed is your rest. That's the rest in the Holy Ghost. Take heed lest a promise slip any of us that we should seem to come short of entering to his rest. And that bed is shorter than a man can rest himself on it. You don't have enough oil in your lap. Oh, you're a born-again believer, but you don't have enough of your virgin but you don't have enough oil in your lap. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. He expects the fullness of the measure, of the stature weaned from the milk and a full age. Having your senses exercised thereby to, to discern both good for, from evil and skillful in the word of righteousness, what we're talking about here in the last day work of the ministry. It is critical to know the work of the ministry in these last days. If not, This overflowing scourge has surprised a hypocrite, and it will. It will literally take you away. You'll lose it. You will not be able to enter the the kingdom of heaven. And that's a hard saying, but it's true. When it says, and the covering narrow, then he can wrap himself in it. That's your wedding garment. He that's... Been baptized in Christ has put on Christ. That's your wedding garment. But this garment is narrow. It's too narrow. It's too straight a gate. And a man can enter to it. Cannot do it. He can't wrap himself in it. It's not enough covering. It's not enough truth. It's not enough oil in the lamp. Even though he's a virgin, he will not be able to stand and will not be able to enter in with the Lord in this last day work of the ministry. They will be weeping and asking of teeth. It's very, very serious. The Lord will rise up as in Mount Perizzim. You remember that time? Saul was there king over Israel. David, there from the time he's 14 until his time he's 30, is running. But there's a time that David will be anointed king over Israel. And at this, as it was in Mount Perazim, they said that David and this. At the Jebusites cannot take this city. Matter of fact, as it was in the days of, of the Perazim, as it was in the days of David. Notice it says that the king and his men went to Jerusalem to the, the inhabitants of the land, which spake unto David, saying, now these are the Jebusites, and uh, saying that he cannot take he cannot take Javis. And they told David this. And we're of the house of David. We're of the seed of Abraham. David, according to the flesh, he's still belling the tabernacle of David, the book of Acts. Jesus Christ is still coming in the flesh, the church of the living God. And he says, David, except you take away the blind and the lame, you will not come in hither, Thinking, they thought, David cannot come in hither. David can't take Jabus. The world is too strong. The denominational church world, they have it. And God's going to bend his word to them because he's love. No. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion and the same as the city of David. But then when he does, He's going to go up against the Philistines, the uncircumcised Philistines, not having what we'd have in the church, the circumcision of the spirit by baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, saying they are Jews and are not but the synagogue of Satan. They haven't had this spiritual circumcision of the heart. Romans 2, 28 and 29. That's another message in itself. And then it says, then David, Because the Philistines coming against him, and David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? Will we be conquerors? Will we, in the last days, though truth is cast to the ground, will we, the body of Christ, will we prevail? And the Lord said unto David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into thine hand the uncircumcised in this world. And David came to Baal Perazim, And David smote him there. The Lord hath broken forth upon mine enemies before me as the breach of waters. The waters has surprised and overflowed the hiding place. That's an overflowing scourge. It's a flying roll written within and without on both sides. And the thief that steals, that shall be cut off on that side. And the liar and those that are not in the truth will be cut off. That's that flying roll in Zechariah 5. All in Babylon will be cut off. The false church. She's never listened to the trumpet. The ministry voice of Jesus. She's always listened to the voice of the worldly church. That's a cornet, flute. Harp, sack bolt, sultry, and a dulcimer, but no trumpet. You'll see that in Daniel, the third chapter, verse two 5, 10, and 15. What has happened there? Therefore, he called the name of that place, Baal Perazim, the Lord of the breaking through. In other words, victory, victory to the body of Christ. And Isaiah said, that's the way it's going to be, as it was in that Mount Perazim. The body of Christ will take it. The body of Christ will prevail, though we'll go through great tribulation over time, times and a half, three and a half years, forty two months, a thousand two hundred and three score days yet. Truth cast to the ground, but not but not destroyed, prevailing against the saints for that time, stealing our testimony with our own blood until uh, that he that overcometh to the end, the same will be saved and then the Lord will break through. Well, there's a work here. Give your ear and hear my voice, hearken and hear my speech. That the plowman plow all day to sow? Is Jesus just going to keep just plowing the Word, sowing the Word of God? In other words, isn't there going to be a harvest sometime? Isn't the Lord coming back one day? There's a season for that. There's a time of judgment. Doth he open and break the clouds of the ground? Does he just plow and do that all the time? When he has made plain the face of the earth there, he does cast abroad the fishes and scatter the coming and cast in the principal wheat and the appointed barley and the rye in their place. That's the Pentecostal and fruit harvest of oil and wine. Watch what he says. For his God doth instruct him to discretion and teaches him. For the fitches are not threshed with a threshing instrument, neither is a cartwheel turned about upon the coming. That's the seed of God, the word of God, which we are, the planning of God. We're God's husband, husbandry. We're God's planning. And we're not appointed to wrath. But the fitches are beaten with a staff and the coming with a rod. The rod and the staff is for the chastening rod of God, so we will not be. Condemned with the world, and it's beaten out with a staff and a rod, and we will be measured. Breadcorn is bruised. We're that breadcorn. We're that Pentecostal harvest. We're that bruising, not destroyed, not with the wheel of a cart or the horseman, but with a staff and the rod of God, which all are partakers of the chastening. So we will not be condemned with the world because he will not ever be threshing it or break it with the wheel of his cart, nor bruise it with his horseman. That's the wrath of God. We're not appointed to that, but we will go through a time of trouble, which is not the wrath of God, it's the wrath of Satan. Satan comes down, no dragon, the serpent, the scorpion, the devil, having great wrath, knowing that he hath but a short time three and a half years, 42 months. Time times the dividing of a time. That is the wrath of Satan, not the wrath of God. But we are beaten out with a staff and come in the coming with a rod. We were, we are to suffer with Jesus, it's appointed, that we are to suffer with him for partaker of his sufferings. We will also be partakers of his glory. There's no other way. Now we have in the world today a crossless Christianity. We don't have to crucify the flesh with affection of the lust. You just join up the church, shake the preacher's hand, say the sinner's prayer, ask Jesus to come into your heart, and that's it. That's a lie. Must come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. He's coming back. Jesus is coming back for a church without spot, without blemish, that has made herself ready. This also cometh forth, forth from the Lord of hosts, which is wonderful in counsel, and excellent, and working. This is judgment. This is the season we're in, and the ones in the body of Christ. God in Sunday times of diverse manner speaking to the prof- fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us, the body of Christ, through Jesus Christ, the voice of the Lord. We have bonus to enter in there within the veil. He's showing us now the work of the ministry coming unto perfection, not Pentecost and who has an ear to hear. If this has been a witness to your spirit, the Holy ghost bearing witness with your spirit, that this is the true word of God. We'd love to hear from you because God is placing his body together. Now knowing them that labor among us and we'd like to meet you. The information's on the screen. To recap god will judge the righteous and the wicked we say that in ezekiel 21 the prophet is hatred in the house of his god and we see that his he's vile he's treacherous he has not gone up the gap nor made the hitch for the children of thy people to stand in the day of the battle of the lord for the lord will judge the righteous and the wicked Say that the Lord will pull out his sword, not peace, a sword. Jesus said, I didn't come to send peace, but a sword upon the earth. And we find that. He said, if I wet my glittering sword, sharpen it, and take it forth out of its sheath for all to see the judgment of God, I will judge the righteous and the wicked. Not only the wicked, but the righteous as well and judgment will first begin at the house of God. Just as Jeremiah stated there, the stork knows her time, the crane and swallow observe the time of her coming, but my people know not the judgment of the Lord. Well, we're here to save. Lift up, spare not, show my people their sin, that this is where we're headed and know the time of coming upon us and prepare for it. And how we do that? Through the word of God, knowing the work of the ministry, growing up into Jesus, in all things through these great and precious promises given to us, whereby we escape corruption of the world, through lest that we might be made protectors of His divine nature. And we know not least, not the least grain, not one believer in God will be lost. Not the least grain will fall to the ground. But He will destroy the sinners of His people that say no evil shall prevent, nor overtake us. That boast in Babylon, I said a Queen, I am no widow. I will see no sorrow, no birth pains, no judgment. And this is judgment. The sword is against all flesh that all may know that P, Jesus Christ is the Lord of glory. And all will know him from the least to the greatest. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. We're ready, and we're getting ready and prepared for it through the Word of God. We're getting old in our lap. God's doing it now. Well, we'd love to hear from you. Again, give us a call uh, there. Leave us a message. We'd like to meet you. God bless you. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold the Real Jesus.